Hello, my name is Tom Boone. And I'm Joanna Bailey. Welcome to a brand new episode of the Simple Flying Podcast, where we'll give you the lowdown on the latest news from the world of commercial aviation. Here's what we've got for you this week. Coming up today, Icelandic startup Play gets a plane, and so does low-cost giant Ryanair. We'll tell you about both deliveries. Joe will review Airbus's ambitious production targets, and I'll take a look at Etihad's interesting new triangle route. Finally, we'll see why a group of aviation enthusiasts in New Zealand want to raise a huge sum of money to save a 747. So now you know what's in store, let's get on with the show. And Joe, please tell me about this bright red plane, because I want to know. (laughs) Absolutely. So um, we've all been keeping a close eye on Icelandic startup Play, um, which for all intents and purposes, is hoping to evolve into something of a WOW replacement. Mm. Um, you know, we've been like a year and a bit without WOWer now. And, uh, you know, much as we haven't been able to go anywhere, when we can go somewhere, it would be nice to be able to go with a one-stop hop in Iceland to the US or yeah. in the other direction. Anyway, um, we know that the airline's fully funded and now they've actually got a plane. So it's all actually happening, which is really exciting. It's got an A321neo that arrived last Tuesday. Um, mm. It's bright red. It's very eye-catching. It's going to certainly stand out on the tarmac at uh, Stansted when it arrives this week. Yeah. Um, the registration, if you want to check it out on uh, any flight tracking website, is TFAEW. Um, it's leased from Aircap, and it used to be it used to work for Interjet. Um, you know, they, they've okay. had a few financial problems, to say yeah. the least, um, down in Mexico there. Um, and it's actually been stored in Arizona since March last year. Um, but it was leased from Aircap and it's then gone to Lake Charles in Louisiana. And it's been there since May, getting this lovely red coat of paint. Mm. Um, and so last week it arrived in Iceland. And uh, actually, Play are running a bit of a spotters competition. So if you do like looking out for planes, then uh, this one should be a pretty easy one to spot. Um, <laughs> if you do manage to get a photograph of it, they're doing a few kind of test flights and dry runs this week, I believe, ahead of their launch on Thursday. Um, so they are running a competition to win um, 50,000 kroners of flight vouchers to spend with the airline. That's about $410. So, you know, it could get you a few return trips to Iceland, actually. (laughs) (laughs) It sounds like an awful lot, but it's not, Hmm. (laughs) maybe not quite as much as you'd hope. But given that their um, super cheap flights are already on sale, you know, you could definitely get a few few return trips in there. Do the vouchers include what you actually want, like bags and what not or are you going to have to pay for that separately <laughs> i don't I, i've not read the terms and conditions if i'm honest tom and uh, i'm not sure i'd be able to tag my photograph properly anyway because you need to put <laughs> it on social with the hashtag spotted a play spotted spotted a play but the d is like one of those icelandic kind of curvy d's with the line on it yeah. so i think uh, you'd have to copy and paste it from somebody else because i don't know how to make that sign on my keyboard um, um but anyway don't ask me <laughs> <No>. <laughs> i struggle enough with like the the, the a's with the dots <laughs> yeah absolutely no keep an eye out for it anyway as i say it should be a, an easy one to spot and there are mm. more on the way which is exciting so june 24th which is this thursday they will be making their first foray to london stansted with passengers um five days later they're going to be going to tenerife um there's other eu routes coming in july as well and hopefully next year they'll be starting to fly to the united states mm. um so what do we know about play so far well as well as 
the uh, bright red livery. Last week, they also unveiled some playful crew uniforms. Um, they've been designed by uh, an, an Icelandic designer couple called Gunny Hill, Mars and Collar, who were keen to tackle a fresh take on what's usually a very traditional line of clothing. So mm. um, check out the photos on our site. They're all quite very relaxed and very sort of oh, yeah, smart I, cash. I <laughs> would a- even go one step lower than smart casual. <laughs> <laughs> I think they look cool. They look very comfortable. And apparently mm. that's what it's all about. Um, the airline said it encompasses its core values, simplicity, playfulness, competitiveness, equality and on-time performance. Yeah, that's a lot to say with a few bits you, of fabric. How but... do you um, yeah, get on-time performance into fabric? <laughs> I'm really not too sure. Um, but yeah, it's there's no high heels. It's comfortable sneakers. There's no um, requirements for hair, makeup, covering tattoos, wearing nail polish polish nothing like that and apparently the, the uniforms are not gender specific so the crew can pick whatever works for them so if there's a man in a dress on your next play flight you know why it's all crew uniform and absolutely fine mm. <laughs> it does look super comfortable i have to say and uh, pardon me for my plug but uh, if you want to hear more about play um, please do come along to my next webinar Simple Flying's next webinar event which will take place online on June the 30th at 1500 London time Um, I'll be talking not only to Berger Johnson CEO of Play but also Nino Judge who is CEO of a UK startup called Fly Pop so uh, check out the website simpleflying.com for more information on that so you talked about one new European aircraft, and I wanted to talk about a new European aircraft, but instead of Airbus, we're going to Boeing this time. So this week, I wanted to start by talking about Ryanair, the low-cost Irish carrier. It's finally <laughs> taken delivery of its first Boeing 737 MAX aircraft after years of delays. So Echo India Hotel Echo November was the lucky aircraft that was the first to be delivered to our favorite low-cost Irish airline. Uh, there's only one Irish low-cost airlines, so I I didn't (laughs) want to do any favouritism there. Um, According to our friends over at CH Aviation, the aircraft took its first flight on March 19th of this year. But Ryanair's particularly excited to get its hands on these planes as they're a step up from the current 737-800s that they're flying. The MAX 200 ordered by Ryanair will seat 197 passengers. So to reach this increased passenger load, Boeing installed an additional emergency exit behind the wings for certification reasons. Ryanair is calling this jet the game changer. And I guess we're going to have to wait and see if it really is in the future, because you can't judge a game changer by like one aircraft on its own. It's not going to change the game. No. However... (laughs) It's it's gonna it, it's meant to be better for the airline both in terms of economics and the environment. And the reason for this is that the increased capacity of the plane will allow the air, airline to become more efficient. The aircraft uses less fuel as a result of enhanced aerodynamics, which means that the operating costs are lower, as are the emissions. And with the lower operating costs, even if if passengers are paying the same amount of money, a there's already more passengers paying the same amount of money and more of that money can go to profits. But the other sort of benefit for Ryanair is because they're keen to sort of get their emissions per passenger down. And with uh, lower emissions already, the passenger um, emissions are already down, but then you split it between more heads and it goes Mm. down even more. 
Yeah. But it wasn't just the one plane that Ryanair took last week, unlike Play. Just two days <laughs> later, another aircraft, Echo India Hotel Echo Zulu, was delivered to the airline. And again, according to our friends at chaviation.com, this plane also took its first flight on March 19th. So... In total, Ryanair has firm orders for 210 Boeing 737 MAX aircraft, but only 12 of those will be delivered this summer. Not all will wear the Ryanair livery, though, which is what I'm getting super excited about, as you know. <laughs> yes. um, so six are coming in the stunning new Malta livery, and by next summer, 50 should have been delivered. So I'm hoping to see the lovely Marmite Yellow Buzz livery in the skies <laughs> by the time next that year. And I'm saying Marmite Yellow as in... Love it or hate it yellow rather than the colour of it. the Marmite lid. Hate <laughs> it, hate it. <laughs> no, I, I don't know. I, I hated it at first, but it's really grown on me. Oh, no, the, the childish bee on the tail is just too it's much for best. me. It's the best. It's the best because some tails these days are so boring. Yeah. You know? Like, it is nice to see different coloured planes around. That's why I'm so excited yeah. about Play's big red shiny plane. Um, mm. But uh, no, I love the Malta Air livery. I think that's really yeah. nice. And I, I can't wait to see that one flying. But uh, thankfully, mm. Buzz is flying. They can buzz off to the other side of <laughs> Europe because I probably won't see them very often. Mm. Well, I know Malta Air um, is out of Frankfurt. So hopefully, <laughs> fingers crossed. Um, <laughs> but, you know, there's a big backlog of aircraft that are seemingly ready to be delivered to Ryanair. So you may be thinking, why are they only taking 12? Yeah. Well, typically Ryanair doesn't focus on deliveries in the summer because in a normal year, it would be flying full pelt. So all hands would be on deck for maintenance of the aircraft as they come in in the evenings, which gives no time for entry to service checks. Yeah. But as we all know, this is not a normal summer. So <laughs> there's capacity to spare in the Ryanair maintenance um, system. So I'm sure that's why they're taking these 12 because they had threatened to not take any until after summer yeah um, i remember he said that yeah but the last thing i wanted to touch on here is the 737 max 10 um, for well over a year we've heard ryanair talking about being interested or not even ryanair talking they've just kind of hinted that they might be interested in this and every time there's a results call the story comes out that oh ryanair's interested in the 737 max 10 but while it wasn't Ryanair related, we did have some excitement with the MAX 10 last week because on the day that Ryanair's second MAX was delivered, the 737 MAX 10 took its first flight. Hmm. And the trip from Renton Municipal Airport lasted two hours and 41 minutes. Cool. So I guess that's uh, another step on the road. Is that a separate certification required for that one or is it literally yes. just... Yeah, it is. Yeah, it's not... I, I don't think it's like a whole start from scratch certification, but it's definitely like Some the Ryanair additional. one had to have a little bit of additional certification over the Max 8 that it's based on. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I'll be excited to see that one. Uh, see if that maybe uh, in, inspires some orders from an airline mm. like Ryanair or even Ryanair. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I mean, watch this space. He's, he's got to tick loads like, of boxes for him. Yeah, I, it, there's going to become, become a point where they need more maxes anyway, assuming they stick with the max, which I would imagine they do because yeah, even the newest Dash 800s are going to get old at some point. <laughs> Exactly. Then they, they need to join the order queue because there's yeah. like a four or five year lead time. So, Yeah, although I feel like Ryanair has enough sort of sway to push itself forward. Not in terms of if the plane's not ready to be built, if they don't have the mm. parts, then um, they can't. But, you know, like they, they're one of the 737's biggest customers. I'm sure yeah. if yeah. O'Leary says, I want planes in two years rather than four, Boeing are going to bend over to 
make it happen. <laughs> definitely, definitely. Well, we'll have to wait and see if uh, if any orders orders are forthcoming for the Max Ten. Mm. Um, so let's switch back to Airbus. So <laughs> we've talked a bit about Boeing. Um, so I had the pleasure of attending a Airbus press conference last week, which was called a bit sort of um, last minute and with much excitement. And mm. uh, we had our money on an announcement of the A350 <laughs> freighter. Um, I was didn't so happen. sad that that didn't materialise. <laughs> um, but they said some lovely things about the A350F during the call. But the main focus of the call was about their targets for production ramp up in the coming years. So, mm. um, you know, that everything's kind of slowed down as a result of COVID. Everything's pulled back. Um, but they're already laying lots of plans to get back to where they were and to even get past that. So hmm. on the narrow body side, the A320 family, they're looking at a 60% production increase by mid-2023. So okay. this year alone, they're going to go from the 40 a month they're producing at the moment to 45 a month. By yeah. the second quarter of 2023, they'll be up to 64 planes a month. Um, so that is as many as they were producing pre-pandemic. So that's like hmm. 100% recovery from from Airbus's side. Um, but they're not stopping there because by oh. 2025, they want to be pushing out 75 A320s every month. That's insane. Mm. <laughs> it's a, such a big ramp up. So at the moment, 64 is the maximum capacity that their suppliers are committed to being able to engineer. Yeah. Um, but they're already discussing with their suppliers, you know, I know 2025 seems like a long way away, but in terms of building up this capacity, it really isn't. Um, mm. So they're going to get the feasibility sorted out and, and hopefully that's the number they'll get to. Um, they've got a huge backlog on that production line. So, you know, the world is ready for more narrow bodies of, yeah. of uh, the A320 family. But it's not only the A3. Yeah, I guess they're going to be making less A380s than pre-pandemic. <laughs> they're not going to be making any i'm afraid I thomas know. so sad <laughs> so uh, as well as the a320s of course the wonderful little a220 will also be getting a production ramp up at the moment mm. they're just making five a month um obviously it's still quite new they're still having to build capacity over in canada um but they're going to be bringing that up to six per month by next year and as long as demand for that plane type maintains, they'll be looking at around 14 planes a month by the middle of the decade. Oh, wow. Um, so, yeah, on the narrow body side, it's all good news. On the wide body side, not so much. Um, the production increases for the wide bodies are much more cautious. Um, for the A350, for example, monthly output will go from the current five a month to six only by the end of 2024. Mm. So basically no increase there in the coming couple of years. The A330, they're not even seeing a production ramp up. Um, by 2024, they're going to continue to produce it at just two per month for the foreseeable future. Mm. So I think, you know, that's very reflective of all the predictions we've had for the post-pandemic environment, you know, how yeah. slow international travel will pick up, etc. I think it's very sensible, but still a bit sad um, to yeah. see these wide bodies being churned out so slowly. Mm. Um and of course, there were lots of questions and we, we like to ask about the things we've heard rumours about. So previously, there's been lots of speculation that Airbus was looking at a larger version of the A320 family. Um, mm. Some sources have dubbed this the A322, uh, which would be another stretch beyond the A321. 
um, and hopefully something that could more adequately fill the middle of the market niche and offer some sort of replacement for the Boeing 757. Um, but Airbus Chief Commercial Officer Christian Scherer was very clear on this. He said that, you know, he's really happy with the current product lineup. He wishes he could have more of them sooner. Uh, but mm. at this point, he doesn't feel there's a need to stretch their plans whatsoever. Um, and journalists continued to press him. <laughs> he was very polite. Um, but he put the put the kibosh on the rebus and said, regarding the A322, I think we've answered the question there already, but there is no such thing. So... <laughs> Please stop talking about it, basically. <laughs> but, I mean, wouldn't you say that about something that you were trying to keep secret? <laughs> of course, of course. It's just uh, not something they want to be pressed on right now, clearly. Yeah. Um, and I think, to be honest, until they get this production line up to their target rates, they're not going to be looking at anything um, that changes that lineup too much. You know, they've already got the XLR mm. coming along, so uh, which I'll speak about in just a moment. Um, but on the A220 side, there's also been rumours about that being stretched. And in fact, when um, Bombardier or, uh, originally um, designed the plane, they crunched mm. all the numbers to make the next size up. Um, so yeah. it, it would have been, I think, the... Um, CRJ 700, 500, wouldn't it? So it would be the A220-500, a step up from the A220-300. Yeah. Um, so it's not only possible to stretch it, but actually it was designed in from the start of making this plane. Um, it's just a case of starting it. And there's yeah. already been several airlines, including Air France and Air Baltic, have said in the past that they'd be up for a stretched version. Mm. Um, Sharon noted that the potential is there, but that it's not on the cards yet. So he said, regarding the stretch, the aeroplane does have the capability of being stretched, but before it's stretched, it will reach its cruising altitude. Now, it was very, very kind of laced comment. I wasn't entirely sure what to make of it. Um, yep. He didn't elaborate on what it is, but we can assume that he means when they've got the production line to where they want it to be. So, yeah. um, you know, getting to that 14 a month, which he said would be middle of the decade. So I should imagine if there is an A220 stretch coming, we'd be looking around 2024 to 2026. Okay. Um, so on the XLR side, absolutely everything is running like clockwork, amazingly, given the, the pandemic challenges. Um, yeah. It's on track for entry into service in 2023. The first flight is planned for next year, which is really exciting. Um, as we know, MEA has the honour of being the launch customer for the type, giving it was the first to order it, um, to put up the firm order at the Paris Air Show in 2019. Um, but we did get some more colour on who will be getting it, particularly over across the pond. Um, American Airlines will be the launch customer in the US. It will receive its first XLR in 2023. After mm. American, the next US operator will be Frontier, which should be 2024. And United will start receiving theirs in 2025. So uh, that's the latest from the Airbus camp. <laughs> Super. Well, Super. I wanted to jump back to Boeing. <laughs> <laughs> it's like an Airbus B V Boeing today, isn't yeah. it? <laughs> um, so the thing that I found really interesting from today is that Etihad Airways is going to launch twice weekly flights to Vienna next month. So the flights are going to start on July 18th and they're going to depart from Abu Dhabi, obviously, um, on Thursdays and Sundays. And as Etihad has been trimming its fleet lately, it's going to use the 787 Dreamliner, which is really the main tool in its arsenal at the moment. Um, interestingly, according to the flight schedule data, though, it's not going to go back straight to Abu Dhabi. Instead, it will 
sort of proceed onwards to Milan's Malpensa Airport, which is in the complete opposite direction before mm. returning back to its home. So this basically means that there's three different sets of tickets that are on sale for the route right now. So you can buy tickets for Abu Dhabi to Vienna, Vienna to Abu Dhabi uh, via Milan, and then also Milan to Abu Dhabi. But you can't fly Vienna to Milan on the... So it's not possible <laughs> to fly Abu Dhabi to Milan or Vienna to Milan. So there's no uh, um, sort of fifth not freedoms fifth there, freedom. That's sadly. a shame. I'd love to fly Vienna to Milan. That would be really yeah, cool on a big I, plane like that. <laughs> I would do that. I would definitely do that. But um, what I love about this is the Vienna to Abu Dhabi via Milan, just to stir the pot because we love doing that, is a direct flight, but not a nonstop one. <laughs> Oh, we, we get lots of comments about direct versus non-stop. It's a yep. very contentious issue. Um, so for those seeking to fly to Milan from Abu Dhabi, there is actually a direct daily service already that they can take. So um, they're not missing out on anything. But according to flight schedule data, the flights will be operated to the following schedule. EY1, uh, 147 will depart from Abu Dhabi at 7.30 in the morning before arriving at Vienna at 11.20 a.m. So that gives a flight time of five hours and 50 minutes. Then it will, with the same call, uh, flight number, it leaves Vienna at 12.45, arriving at Milan's Malpensa Airport at 2.15 in the afternoon. So that's a flight time of one hour and 30 minutes. And then finally, again, as EY147, it will depart Milan at 3.40 and then arrive in Abu Dhabi five hours and 55 minutes later at 23.25. So... Jumping back to data from our friends at chaviation.com, the Abu Dhabi-based... I know, they're great. <laughs> um, the Abu Dhabi-based carrier currently has 39 787 Dreamliners, of which just nine are the larger Dash 10 model. Etihad hasn't revealed which air uh, variant it's going to use for the service, although flight schedules are suggesting that it will be the Dash 10 that's going to fly to Vienna. So that means that the city could get a visit from the Green Liner or a former Boeing Eco Demonstrator. And Etihad is actually offsetting all of the CO2 generated by its Green Liner liveried 787-10 this year. Cool. So for Etihad, the 787-10 comes in a two-cabin configuration. It seats a total of 336 guests. The front of the aircraft has 32 business seats in a one-to-one layout, and they've got a pitch of 73 inches or 185 centimeters for our metric listeners. <laughs> Behind this is the economy cabin comprising of 304 seats in a free-free-free configuration, and these seats have a pitch of 31 inches or 79 centimeters. So Etihad's nine Boeing 787 Dreamliner aircraft are registered consecutively from Alpha 6 Bravo Mike Alpha to Alpha 6 Bravo Mike India. And the oldest is now 2.79 years old, while the youngest is uh, just 0.86 old. And according to um, the data, the youngest aircraft currently has a market value of 126 million, point tw uh, 126.12 million, um, despite having been used as part of Boeing's Eco Demonstrator program. Because usually we see test aircraft sort of go down quicker. Mm. I'll have two then. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> With a side of fries. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Awesome. Oh, well, that sounds interesting. And mm -hmm. oh, it's, I wonder why, though. I wonder why they're doing it as a triangle route like that. I, you know, I was kind of thinking, like, oh, Vienna's kind of mountainous. But then, because um, obviously uh, Mexico City, a lot of stuff can't go direct. But then I compared, and Vienna's only 600 feet above um, 
above sea level, so it's not yeah. it's not crazy high. Um, mm. But I'm sure they've got their Very reasons. Yeah. yeah, yeah, very odd. Be interesting to know why. And uh, mm. if I ever nail down their CEO for a, an interview, I will definitely ask why. <laughs> definitely. <laughs> so I so, wanted to finish today. Yeah. I, I'm actually switching camps. I'm going back to Boeing. <laughs> oh, so it's, it's Boeing winning free two. <laughs> Unfortunately, yes. So um, I actually want to talk about one of Boeing's greatest aircraft ever, which is, of course, the Queen of the Skies, the 747. And why Not a group one. of... Uh, no, a group, <laughs> a group of uh, New Zealanders are set to um, raise an incredible 2.5 million New Zealand dollars. That's 1.74 million US dollars mm. to recover an ex-Air New Zealand 747. Okay. Um, now, these guys, have, they've actually launched a crowdfunding campaign to save this 747 from being scrapped. Um, it, mm. the, it, the 747 was formally registered ZKMBV when it flew for Air New Zealand. And it's been stored in Roswell in the US for a while. And yeah. apparently it's literally days away from being scrapped. Um, okay. The group is um, raising money through a crowdfunding site called Give a Little. Um, and the group is called Bring Our Birds Home. Um, they want to stop MBV from being broken up, which they say is happening on July the 9th. Mm. So not very long um, to get things sorted. Airsail actually own the plane and have done for a little while now and they've already negotiated this uh, purchase price. But what's so special about this 747 that they want to pay all this money to bring it back to New Zealand? Well, um, the 747-400 was originally christened the City of Christchurch, but you might know it better as the Frodo plane um, because in 2002 it got some really cool um, Lord of the Rings livery applied. I'm not a huge mm. Lord of the Rings fan, but I know a lot of people that really are. Um, during its lifetime, over 2 million Kiwis, they like to call themselves in New Zealand apparently, I hope I'm not being offensive, um, flew on the plane. Um, and uh, yeah, it's just a really special plane for, for New yeah. Zealanders. It's not only because of the special livery either, which it actually lost some years ago. It's because of the type. Um, it's actually the last remaining passenger 747-419 in the world. Now, the, okay. the 19 part of that designator um, notifies of a plane that's ordered in a special configuration by Air New Zealand. Only four mm. of them were ever made. Um, okay. Three of them have already been either scrapped or left derelict. She was the very last 747 in Air New Zealand's fleet. So she's special on kind of many levels here. Yeah. Um, and actually, Bring Our Birds Home is looking to rescue up to five aircraft from the scrap heap. Um, a lovely man called Paul Brennan founded the group. Um, and as well as the 747, they want to recover a Lockheed Electra turboprop that once flew the Beatles to New Zealand, mm. um, as well as an Air New Zealand DC-10 that's currently rusting away in Cuba. There's also a DC-8 and a 737-200. They want to ferry them all back to New Zealand and display them at the National Toy and Transport Museum next to Wanaka Airport. So so mm. I think it's, you know, a really worthy cause. And uh, this particular Air New Zealand plane, it's not been with the airline for some time. Um, it actually went off to um, Wamos Air, Spanish, a Spanish kind of leisure and um, mm. wet lease airline. Um, and it flew as ECMDS and it, it flew on behalf of Saudi Air France, El Al, Garuda, Indonesia. Um, and it last did a revenue flight in December last year um, when it flew from uh, Ponta Pietra to Paris for Air Caribas. So yep. it's been busy, you know, and it, its last flight out to Roswell was on January the 31st, so it hasn't been resting all that long. 
Um, mm. But hopefully, <laughs> I do hope, I wish them all the best. It seems like an awful lot of money. Um, yeah. But if they don't raise the money before July the 9th, they're saying everyone can have their money back because yeah. obviously they won't be able to rescue the plane. But uh, mm. I do hope they're successful because it, it would be lovely to take it back to New Zealand and not yeah. chop it into pieces. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, having watched that uh, Boeing 707 in Hamburg being scrapped over the last couple of weeks, I do wish that this one is slightly more successful, but I'm feeling sadly pessimistic just because I've seen it evaporate yeah. from our eyes once before already this month. Exactly. I thought the 707 was going to be rescued. There seemed to be so much support for it, but uh, mm. in the end, it just uh, it's its the money over the motivation, I guess. You know? It doesn't mm. matter how much you want it. If you don't have some few million dollars in your pocket, you're not going to be able to do it. But mm. all the best to... Um, bring our birds home and I hope they do manage to rescue their 747. Likewise. <laughs> awesome. Well, I think that's about all we've got time for today. Uh, we hope you enjoyed it and we welcome your feedback at podcast at simpleflying.com. For more great content, you can visit our website at simpleflying.com or find us on social media. Simply search for Simple Flying. If you enjoyed this podcast, please leave us a rating on your favourite podcast player. Thanks for listening. Bye. Bye.